Hey Kyle, this is Rick. I'm from the Isle of Guam, currently living in Connecticut. Um, however, right now I'm in the southern part of Sweden, uh, Skåne region, uh, more specifically in the seaside town of Ystad, it's spelled with a Y. Uh, me and my brother-in-law just took a bus down here from Malmö. Um, we hiked up to this sunship-shaped arrangement of stone, similar to Stonehenge, called Alastenar, and I actually just uh, finished serenading one of these stones with uh, Rye Cooters, Paris, Texas on bottle neck slide guitar. Um, I'm just calling because I really love the podcast. It's very inspirational. Uh, it's encouraged me just to think outside the box with all the guests. So I really appreciate everything that you guys have. And uh, I send my love to everyone listening. And uh, Skol from Skona. Hey, Rick, thanks for sending that in, man. You seem like a well-traveled fellow, and I loved getting serenaded by your guitar. Uh, I also want to send a, a huge thank you to everyone who supports this podcast on Patreon. If you listen to this show regularly, you'll know that over the last couple months, I took on a uh, select few sponsors, and my soul has turned black and it's charcoaled, and I no longer have a moral compass due to the corporate teat that I am now sucking on. Just uh, just kidding. I love the companies that I work with. Um, but I also really rely on these small donations from you. Uh, you hear the podcasts that I come out with, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes um, from driving all around California to get these interviews to um, preparing for them. This week, I'm down in LA and I have podcasts coming up with Moshe Kasher, uh, Brian Callen, um, and Mickey Avalon, and potentially Neil Strauss. And I'm spending a lot of time preparing for these interviews. Um, so those donations that you make really allow me to prioritize this podcast as my job. Um, so thank you to everyone who can throw a few shillings my way. Uh, it really does make a difference. Um, and if you can't just keep listening, this is free content. I love keeping it free. Um, but it does, it means a lot to me, both in the financial sense when you can support the show, but also kind of on a, um, I don't know, like a, a spiritual sense. Like I feel kind of held and supported by you. Like, Hey, you're giving me 10 bucks a month. That means that you trust that I'm going to be continuing to come out with good, honest conversations. Um, and that feels good to me. So thanks. High five, guys. Um, I also, uh, you know, on this line of community, I'm interested in doing a few kind of meetups, um, events, you know, just something nonchalant. But, you know, people who listen to this podcast could come down to a bar, have a beer, hang out, um, meet each other. I uh, recently had Dr. Chris Ryan in town, and uh, he made a post on Instagram that uh, said, hey, I'm going to be down at this bar tonight if anyone wants to stop by. And maybe 20, 30 people showed up um, who were part of the tangentially speaking community. And it was all a bunch of really like-minded people. And it was um, 
it was a touching experience because I think that it's common that people who are, um, you know, like you, you're weirdos, you're into weird <laughs> kind of strange counterculture subjects. If you're listening to this podcast, um, I think it's common that, uh, you feel maybe feel isolated um and a little bit like a black sheep in your your town and to know that there were that many like-minded people uh in chris's community and that they could all meet each other was um touching experience not to mention that people who listen to chris's podcast also have probably read sex at dawn and are into non-monogamy so it's like going into the it's like you know going into a gay bar and being like oh my gosh my ratios are so much better for someone i could connect with like i i was i had to laugh i was looking around this bar like holy shit all of you all of you people in here are totally down with non-monogamy like when would that happen otherwise um so with my my podcast, maybe you could uh, meet some new surfer buddies, new spear fishing buddies, um, whatever it is that I talk about that you're interested in. I don't actually know how to define. I never know how to define my podcast. And people are like, "What's it about?" I'm like, ah, "I just mostly talk to people who I'm interested in. It's super cool." Uh, but anyway, let me know if you guys want me to do one of those events. Uh, maybe we could ha- make it happen this week in LA. Just uh, shoot me a me- shoot me a comment on Instagram or something like that, and uh, love to do it. Also, I uh, want to send a big thank you, as always, to Santa Cruz Medicinals for supporting this show. They make some of the finest and most potent CBD products in the West, uh, and I use these products every single day. Um, I find that they've helped me with inflammation. Um, I've been able to give a few of the products to um, some friends and family. You know, my mom has uh, she's she's older. She's an older woman, and I gave her some of the the CBD pain cream, and she said that it really helped with achy joints. So you can go to scmedicinals.com uh, and type in the code name Kyle ten to get ten percent off all of the products scmedicinals.com. Um, another podcast that I'm doing this week that I didn't mention is with the fine gentleman from Mudwater, mudwtr.com. Support each and every one of these podcasts. They are a chai mushroom blend that I will either mix in my coffee or drink straight up just about every single morning. They have uh, all those good mushrooms that make you smarter, make you think more clearly. Uh, reishi, cacao, um, lion's mane, some turmeric in there for uh, inflammation. Anything that we can do to uh, help our help kind of live lives where our bodies aren't getting in the way of getting out there and kicking ass um, is what I'm all about. I don't I, I don't obsess too much over this kind of stuff, but I find that if if there's stuff that can make my life more simple, um, allow me to wake up and feel like I can just be in a, a higher gear for the rest of the day. Uh, then I'm all about it. So you can go to mudwtr.com to get it. Um, I'm also just finishing up the last round of the box of goodies. So um, box of goodies is CBD um, coconut oil from Santa Cruz Medicinals, the mud water, and a signed copy of Sex at Dawn, um, as well as another box, which is a signed copy of the Psychedelic Explorer's Guide. So I've got about nine of those each on my website left, and then once they're gone, they're going to be gone, um, and they're all at a huge discount. So if that's something that you would like, go over to my website, kyle.surf slash box of goodies. 
This episode is with Nicole Ragger. Uh, Nicole is a certified transformational breath facilitator. Transformational breath is a style of connected breathing <clears throat> excuse me, that incorporates body mapping, hands-on acupuncture-style touch, sound, affirmations, and movement to create a powerful and profound transformative experience. Uh, I have experienced this firsthand, and it is freaking bananas okay the first time i did one of these these uh uh these sessions i was down at rhythmia in costa rica um which is a plant medicine um center and before i'd done any plant medicine um i did a one of these transformational breathing um sessions and within 10 minutes i was shaking and sobbing and i felt like i had 10 years of therapy in one session it is it's very difficult to describe um, the profundity of these sessions. Um, I would say that actually it was it was as far out or more far far out of an experience as um, using ayahuasca, but it also felt very in control. Um, I've I've used psychedelics quite a bit in a lot of different settings, and I think that transformational breath work. Um, can be uh, um, actually a more effective route to um, dig into the self and the psyche because it's this it's kind of a, a durable practice that you don't need and and it's just your breath it's kind of like it's the only thing that's with you at, at any point in the day um, but I, I I don't really do a good job explaining just how powerful this shit is but um just listen to Nicole, and I highly, highly recommend uh, taking one of her courses. You can click the link below this podcast to check out her work. Um, but it's it is for real, um, and you'll see when you try it. This is also the second episode I recorded with Nicole. We we uh, sat down way back in episode forty. So if you want to learn more, um, you know we went over a lot of the basics in the first one, and this one is kind of a continuation. But you can click that link below the episode as well, episode 40. Um, and with that, don't forget to breathe. Breathe from the stomach. Slow, relaxed breaths, especially if you're driving. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation with my friend, Nicole Ragger. Have a great day, everyone. Kyle Cameron here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, I'm trying to get my my zone set up, my little shrine. But I, I want to add some comedy to it. Like, I'm going to get a, a Yoda action figure <laughs> to be on my shrine. <laughs> it can't all be incense and crystals. No, and which I think comedy is so important, as you've talked about the other day with the awards and such, is that like that's a sacred thing, too. For me, when I connect with people on a humor level, there's something 
beyond. Laughter is the shortest distance between two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too, because when you're laughing about something, like my friend Jim Fadiman has this great thing that he says where when people take mushrooms, they often uh, laugh uncontrollably, but it's not the giggles of marijuana. It's this deep laughter of how could I have forgotten who I really am. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And the laughter at how seriously we tend to take ourselves. Um, And that is uh, as profound an insight as any. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're uh, on a bit of a uh, a, a wanderlust journey. And how fitting that the one thing that is always with us, the breath, is what you are offering people as yeah. you travel around. You're like the lightest packer ever. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, all I, all I, I take with right like, okay, do I have my breath? Yep, that's all I need. Okay, here I go. Walking out the door. Yeah, it's true. That's a brilliant insight. Thank you. And I'm using it all the time. I have to, to practice what I preach as I go around and tell people like the breath can give you so many different things. We have it all the time. Um, and it's teaching us all the time, even if we just pay attention to it. Like, what, what is my breath doing and what might that mean for what I'm experiencing or ignoring or whatever it is? So for me, since I teach that, I get to pay attention to it more and, and hone my techniques and all of that. It's super important. Yeah, yeah. What uh, technique would you say that you're honing, you're most focused on honing right now? <sighs> the... Personally, what's challenging for me traveling like this, I'm moving to new environments all the time. And so I think inevitably what that means is your physiology starts to go, okay, where am I? What's happening? So this sort of like, am I safe in this moment? Even though, yes, of course I'm safe. I'm with friends or I, I don't know, I'm, I'm safe. And my body sometimes doesn't know the environment. So it, it freaks out a little. So I find that my respiratory system is a little tighter. And so in order to feel subconsciously and physiologically um, more relaxed, it's important for me to relax my breath and notice where there's tension. So that's what I'm focusing on is can I take a full deep breath when I notice that I'm stressed out or not feeling safe or anxious or not clear? Can I take a deep breath? And like completely relax my exhale and then even just feel around to feel like what parts of my ribs are tight, is my belly tight, all of that. So it's softening so that I can send the signals that everything's okay, you're cool. Yeah, traveling is very stressful. Yeah. Especially when you don't have uh, TSA pre-check and they, <laughs> and they molest you. It's true. Oh, yeah. It's and oh, God. So, Well, I, I was thinking about this the other day just because I, I just got back from Rhode Island and they didn't put TSA pre-check on my ticket. I even though I have TSA it. pre-check, so I had to take all my electronics out and every time I bring my podcast gear with me, they always are like, oh, it's a bomb for sure. Yeah. yeah it's the, the, Really? Yeah. The microphones, headset, and yep. uh, a Zoom recorder <laughs> just scream bomb to TSA. Uh, 
And it's stressful, right? Yeah. That plus a cup of coffee and then you and then sitting down, I find And all the people. Like just the energy of the frenetic people trying to get where they want to go like add that to it as well well i like to be around very few people because it makes me feel more important about myself (laughs) (laughs) but when i'm around like it's impossible to feel like the center of your universe when you're just bombarded with other humans you're like shit maybe i'm not the best in the world so that stresses me out uh so I'm forced to interact with other humans, make eye contact with them. And then there are those little carts that go around to to drive the disabled people. Yep. And they so aggressively honk their horns yep. at you right behind you. Like they, they purposely get right behind yep. you and they go, beep, beep. Jesus Christ. No, like we need more stress. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, stress they, me out just thinking about it. They do everything they can to make your experience a customer service failure. <laughs> Anyway, my point in that is that I, I I was flying back across the country and I uh, was noticing my breath. I was yeah. noticing my respiratory system as I sat in the seat, as I was three cups of coffee deep, yeah. sweating, shaking, and completely claustrophobic. And uh, what that was most likely doing to my health. Yeah. Your whole nervous system. Mm-hmm. So what did you do when you noticed anything? Yeah, I uh, threw on my favorite meditation app. Awesome. Shout out to Sam Harris, Waking Up. Love that app. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it completely changed my breathing patterns and allowed me to sit for a longer period of time without without freaking out. Another thing that I've realized, I'm just going to go through all my travel woes with you right now, Great. is that... <laughs> I like I like aisle seats because I like getting up and sitting like down as free. much as I can. And I, I always feel kind of awkward when I'm like, hey, can I get up again? Nope. I know I asked you before. I don't like to before. ask permission. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, the point <laughs> is the breath is your, the one piece of carry-on luggage that you always take yeah. with you. They don't weigh it, you know? All good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just, it, what that made me think of as you're talking is, is... And even as you ask, like, what's important for me, the particular technique that I'm in love with and specialize in that I'm teaching as I travel is called transformational breath. But there's so many different techniques that can be used for different purposes. So in that case, when you're traveling and you notice that your breath is super shallow, okay, maybe try something the opposite and just see what happens. Because like slow, deep breaths in that moment will just automatically start to tell your nervous system like, okay. So different different thing here and it will change everything for you just just slowing down your breath a little bit right mm-hmm. but transformational breath work is uh the opposite of that if i'm yeah. correct right that's yeah. rapid rapid fire breathing yep well rapid fire but it's faster than how, normal. how would you describe it yeah it's faster than normal my and even my little sister is one of my favorite favorite people and she loves me and supports me very much has never tried this technique because she's like breathing like that does not sound relaxing to me at all I'm not interested at all and I don't blame her Um, but it's so you breathe in a connected fashion so the idea is that there are no pauses between your inhale and exhale so there's less control kind of So the purpose is different than slowing down your nervous system. The purpose of that kind of breathing faster, like it'll sound like the purpose is to help integrate stuck and stored emotion, usually. 
And how does that work? Uh, Some of it's magic to me, I (laughs) think, really. And and that's one of the things, like, I really like to understand things from a scientific level so that I can be like, no, listen, this is true and real and you need to believe me and do it. And it motivates me when I feel like there's more scientific reasoning for things. Uh, So there is some science to this that I know about. But let's see, what are the... One of the things is that when you're working with your breath, this is the energy, the life force that fuels every single cell in your body. So it's got like an inherent unit of energy in it, right? Your oxygen. So when you're bringing more of that into your body in a shorter period of time, you're kind of supercharging your cells. And we're all made up of energy. And so when you bring more energy, more positive life force energy, it's like you're raising your vibration. You're raising your the frequency of your body's electromagnetic field. So when you breathe faster like that, you do it in kind of a way that it like increases, increases, increases. And so it kind of becomes a magnet for any energies in your body that might be stuck or stagnant or, um, Yeah, those are the main things. But usually what those are are stored emotions or traumatic experiences or fears or like, you know, you're sitting in the airplane and and you're like kind of holding everything in your anger, your control, your frustration, whatever. So that energy is lower frequency. It's heavy. It's kind of yuck. Right. So when you breathe in in a faster period of time you're breathing in all this extra oxygen it serves like a really powerful beautiful magnet that stirs up that stuff and then it pulls it toward itself and then it integrates that lower frequency energy integrates with the frequency of the high frequency of your breath right does that make sense absolutely so it like clears shit out and describe uh a typical session or a memorable session with these with people (laughs) because like all right you're just gonna lay down you're gonna start breathing yeah like that's what happened to me the first time that i did it sure this is gonna be my day off i'm just gonna lay down i'm gonna start breathing exactly like why is that what do you need to teach people to breathe for like why is this a big deal why why would you travel around and teach people this thing you know even my dad like oh okay you're teaching people to breathe great great that's what college paid for. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. um, but here's the thing. Your breath is your direct link to spirit also. So anytime you're working with the breath, you're working with these, the, the, your, your spirit as well, which is you know beyond what we can comprehend with our minds, I believe. So anyway, anything can happen. But a typical session would be usually people don't know what to expect for the first time. They think I'm just going to lie here and breathe and all good. Maybe I'm going to get some energy. Maybe I'm going to feel really relaxed. And (laughs) sometimes it's that way, sometimes not. Because here's the thing. When we experience certain things in life and we don't know what to do with them or we don't know how to emotionally process them, Uh, or we're told we shouldn't feel that way, the easiest way for us to control that, to control our experience, is for us to control our breath. And we do it at a very unconscious, subconscious, primal level. It's a survival mechanism. So usually when people then lie down for this transformational breath session, what I'm trying to do is release any of that stuff that maybe the breath has been holding in. So almost automatically when people start to take a few deep breaths using their whole respiratory system 
as opposed to the controlled fashion that we're used to breathing, most of us, then stuff starts to move right away. So. And how will that hmm. manifest? Yeah. Okay. So different for everybody, but a lot of times what will happen is, um, let me try to think of a few personal or like unique examples. The, the breath will do something funny. So instead of just breathing relaxed in a fluid, continuous way, everybody has a unique pattern that starts to show up. So either they'll start breathing like really, um, like a lot in their chest or something like that, or their belly will start moving really super strong, like they're trying to control everything. Or um, they might start like almost hyperventilating a little bit, like... uh, or controlling a ton, you'll see little muscles start twitching. Like I see a lot when people first start to take deep breaths, especially in this society, a lot of people that I've worked with, they'll do like, like pursing their lips or trying to control the exhale because whatever they're feeling is too much. So trying to take deep breaths, but also trying to control it at the same time. So that's the first thing I see. And then once we work with them and coach them and help them to like, okay, relax and just let the breath get into a flow usually at some point some emotion will suddenly pop through can be tears can be anger can be frustration can be anything but the the emotion will come to the surface and the breath will help it move through and then it just then it's just over and what role does sound play into these sessions yeah you you don't need to use sound in this particular technique we do because as you're breathing in this way you're stirring up this stuff that's maybe been stuck this energy that's been stuck in your cells for a long time a lot of times that can feel overwhelming for people and and even physical sensations the energy starts to move and you feel like I remember your your session you were super your hands were real cramped up and everything um what's that called again tetany Mm-hmm. You get little T-Rex hands, kind of turns yep. into claws. Yep, and a lot of people feel it in their face too, like their their mouths will start to just kind of freeze up, or their whole body will feel numb. So that can feel overwhelming for people. And I don't want to, and I don't think any facilitator, but I personally don't want people to sit in that for a long time. It's not really that beneficial. Don't want it to be traumatic, but it's it's got to come through to come out essentially. So what the sound can do, especially using your own voice, we call it toning. So we just say, okay, take a deep breath in and make a clear tone. The tone has a vibration as well. And it's your voice, it's your truth, it's your expression, all of that. And so then that creates a vibration and some of the energies that are all stirred up in your body will begin to entrain or harmonize with that vibration. So then things can kind of settle a little. Also, when you're making a long tone, you're holding your breath. And so then that starts to balance out just the, your blood gases and everything, too. So it's kind of like, okay, everything settles a bit mm. so that you can just come back to the breath. Well, I can attest the power of these sessions. Yeah. Uh, I can attest to the power of these sessions, rather. Uh, when was the first time that you saw that? The and power decided, of these Yeah, and decided to dedicate your life to it. Yeah, I was... Um, how many years ago, maybe seven, seven years ago, I had gone through a breakup and was pretty devastated and for a long time for what felt like it didn't need to be that long. And I had all these tools my whole life. I was in, 
wasn't in therapy my whole life, but like was given access to tools and self-help techniques and prayer and medit all these things. Like I always tried a lot of that stuff. So I had, I had used every tool I knew and still I was crying a lot and just felt brokenhearted. So my mom introduced me to this breath work and sent me to what's called the personal transformation seminar. And I was kind of like, whatever, I'll go like, what's breathing going to do, but whatever. I just was like, well, it can't hurt, you know? So I show up there and, and the founder was leading this particular course. And she was saying all the benefits, like why the breath is so powerful. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. You know, like they're a little bit like woo woo for me and like, whatever. I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, just crying right away the first session like maybe but it won't work for me or I don't know something like that so then so it's the very first session the first thing I've ever tried because I'd never I didn't even know what I was getting into honestly but so I sit down to do this breathing session where you're going to breathe in that way for about I think this session was maybe 40 minutes and I'm breathing along and I'm kind of like I'm not really doing this right this isn't really working I don't really like it it's hard and then this woman comes over and she puts her hand on my heart and she says, it's safe to open my heart. And immediately I heard this voice go, no, 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 it's not because he'll leave you or they'll break it. And so then as soon as that thought came through, this whole emotion like rolled through my whole body, like, like a just fucking huge sob of like that like I showed myself to somebody and I, I I'm not enough and then I was like oh shit this work I'm just breathing I'm just lying here bre not even lying down I was sitting there and so I was like okay and and then she continued to just breathe with me and coach me and hold me and let me cry and then soon enough it just my breath settled and that wave of emotion rolled through so uh that that was the first time that I was like oh even if I'm not a believer like, even if I'm super skeptical, like, this might work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find that um, it is easy many times to, to especially for, for intellectuals, to be able to talk about what they're feeling, yeah. but still maintain some distance from yes. that feeling. Um, and when... and and. For a lot of people, it's it's very difficult to to describe what they're feeling, but it's almost a an armor that a lot of intellectuals will use, where they can describe it completely yeah. and 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 make it seem like they've really moved through this process because yeah. they can talk about it, mm -hmm. but their behavior isn't aligned still with having fully moved through a healing process. Um, and I think that techniques like transformational breath or like psychedelics or, yeah. or the things that that are not uh, that are uh, many times I suppose the word is ineffable the, the an inability to describe something in words and this is how we describe mystical experiences yeah. for example are many times ineffable um, they play such an important role uh, in especially for people who who can kind of describe this stuff, mm -hmm. which I didn't do a very good job of just <laughs> describing right now. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just makes me think I can feel that. And I bet you can too. And we all can. When, when the heart is open, 
there's an intelligence there. There's a different there's a different thing that happens when you're actually talking about and connecting with how you feel and what's really going on for you and kind of dropping into that space. That to me is so beautiful and really what connects. Right. It's uh, a space of, beyond words. Yeah. I suppose that's the yeah. way of saying it. And for me, then, when people actually what you're talking about, like when people are talking about their emotions or feelings or saying how they are, but not from that space, it actually feels really funny to me. Like, I don't it, it's almost painful. Like, wait, 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 wait. Like, don't don't talk about it and not not be there. Let's just be there together so that we can do something with it. Whether that's just sharing or whatever, right? You must be very tuned into those kinds of energies because you can you can really tell like you are really keeping an eye on those frequencies and when someone is really ready to have uh, some kind of psycho spiritual awakening. Yeah. You're like the, the the midwife, like <laughs> you know, you're, you're catching the baby like yeah. right when that's happening. So to be really tuned into when those moments are occurring. Uh, it seems like it's a, a big part of what you do. Yeah. It feels like a, a great and beautiful responsibility, too, that I don't know, I, that I feel like I've been gifted, that there's something in me that wants that for people, that wants wants us all to to know ourselves better, to receive more love, to give more love, to just be more connected to who we truly are, and that I can have any part of that is such a gift and that that is what i see happen in sessions a lot is that there's a there's just a moment like you're saying that like that if i show up in a in a certain way and support in a certain way that it can take the experience to a whole new new level right yeah yeah to to be able to facilitate that is a a real honor and to um you know for for people who have had these kinds of emotions trapped for some many times decades yeah and for you to be the first <laughs> face that they see, yeah. I mean, in a, in a way, you're like a, I don't know, like a, like firefighters talk about that, like mm-hmm. how they see people when they are when the the victims are in their most vulnerable states, yeah. And the 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 uh, space that they can hold is so important to yeah. make them feel safe. Mm-hmm. I love it, I love it, and I said this last time we spoke to you, but I also love that it's not really my job. I mean, it's it's my job. I feel like it's my work. It's what I want to do. But in a session or when I'm interacting with people in that space, there the when you're working with your breath, it's that's you, you and you and your spirit and like it's going to be it's going to be what it needs to be exactly prescribed for you and I can't control it and I don't want to. I can just show up as best I can to support it, but ultimately like it's between you and God and you and you and you, you know, so it's pretty great. How often would you say that uh, patients in a session will begin breathing and be transported back to a moment when a trauma occurred? Hmm. That they it's, tell me about? Yeah. Or would you lot. say that that's a common yes. space? That Because... Um, when I listen to a lot of forward-thinking um, doctors around addiction now, um, Gabor Mate being one, he has this great quote that it's, where he says, addiction is not the problem. Addiction is the person's attempt to solve the problem. Right. And they're attempting to numb a 
uh, a, a painful experience many right. times that occur occurred in childhood. Um, and I was curious if those kinds of situations happen a lot with you where the breath all of a sudden takes them to that experience and allows the emotion to come through. Yes. A lot of times I would, I mean, I'd say 90%, I bet it happens more than that. Let's, let's just say like between 80 and 90 that people recall a very sudden and, and like kind of out of nowhere memory. It happens so often. And even with multiple sessions, it's just, um, and whatever is needed to come up for that time comes up. But it's true because, the, like I said, it's a, your breath is a survival tool. And so then the number one way when a trauma happens as a child is like <gasps> fear or what, what do I do? And you completely hold your breath. So sometimes, most times with the breath work, especially for, in, for their first session, you go back to maybe the core cause or one of the core causes of some of our deepest wounds and traumas. So a lot of people will see things. A lot of people will just feel things. They're like, I don't know what that's about, but like my parents were kind of with me or I felt, yeah, it's very, very common and very transformative because if that, that thing, a lot of times what happens when we repress that thing, like what resists persists. And especially if we don't know that it's there, so we have these pains that we're holding in and trying to cope with and whatever. But if we, through the breath or through therapy or through whatever work, can bring it to the surface and heal it, then that can change your whole, your whole fucking life. Really. Yeah. Since you started this work, uh, have you found that you are able to respond to intense or, or potentially traumatic experiences differently? In sessions or just with uh, no, people? No, in, in real life. Uh, like, let's say that you uh, are, are mm. you know, walking down the street and you almost get hit by a car and there's a moment <gasps> of constriction. Or, or, or yeah. do, do you find that you are able to actually process trauma uh, more effectively in real time? Or is there any kind of different response mechanism that you've found I that love, you've trained? I love that you asked me that because, so I'd been doing this work for a while and I had a scooter accident crashed, flew into a bridge, shattered my kneecap, was lying in the ditch with my legs sliced open and such. Down in Costa Rica. Yeah. And uh, I was... How did that happen? It was just... (laughs) The roads in Costa Rica are not great. And there are no, like... uh, white lines on the road <laughs> and um the superfluous white lines yep, who needs them yep and uh what else no street lights and potholes and things and and the bridges are actually often only one lane so it just happened that i'm cruising on my scooter and a truck was coming toward me and so i couldn't see for a long time and going i was going slowly at that point and but looking off to the right so I could just like see the road and then I thought okay there's usually not very many potholes on the right side of the road so I'm going to go to the right and then another truck came so I couldn't see for a while and so then by the time I could like my eyes were adjusting because when there's no light around it's so dark out there it's dark out it's yeah it's so beautiful because you could see the stars and you know everything but that also means when a car comes you can't see anything for a long time you're so blinded so then by the time the car passes uh, I open my eyes and I'm like oh there's something in the road there and I could kind of see what it was and I was like I'm gonna hold on because I think that's a stick and I don't want my scooter to go and so I held on really tight so I could brace for the thing I was gonna hit and it was the edge of a bridge so I crashed into this concrete like edge of a bridge that wasn't it is now painted yellow uh, it wasn't then. And so then I just flew into the ditch and crashed to the other side. And what happened? So 
I'm lying there. I was there for a while. Um, had some beautiful Dr. Jeff came to rescue me, which is so great. Um, Jeff McNary. Uh-huh. The best. The best person you would ever want to be on your side in that case. He was so good. And um, But some people came. I hollered, and they came to get me. But my point is that then I'm lying in the ambulance maybe an hour later, and I don't think they gave me any pain medicine or whatever because they thought I guess I was really strong. But I noticed that I was bre- – I had – I'm trying. Like, okay, Nicole, you know that this is a trauma experience and I'm holding my breath. And so let's take a deep breath and like let it move through because otherwise you're just going to get stuck. So I, so this is an hour later and I had noticed I was breathing like (laughs) probably for a long time. So then I'm lying there and I take a deep breath and I feel this overwhelming sensation through my whole body of pain, terror. Like it was like too fucking much. And so I was like, Oh no, okay, no, this is for real. I got to see that, yeah, it's a survival mechanism and it's beautiful and it's meant to be there. So I tried and I was so grateful to be aware that like, okay, this is what's happening. Good. And as soon as I could, when people were around to like take deep breaths, somebody hold me, you know, like letting the emotion roll through as soon as it could. Um, I did. But then over the coming weeks, I did breathing sessions. I did, um, a lot a lot more actually like what am I feeling right now and letting it be there as opposed to like trying to be strong or trying to fix it or whatever the next eight weeks were like my own ayahuasca journey I feel wow on the couch like just being being with all of it like being with my fear and feeling like okay now that I can't exercise who am I now that I have no energy to call my friends am I still gonna have friends just like stuff like that it was yeah what an amazing tool to be able to hold on to and 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 also I think specifically with with physically traumatic experiences that um the 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 tendency to tighten yes yes and suppress and even uh, within our own medical system you know when when we have uh, uh, a, a, an a, an accident they'll give you a shot to stop you from shaking mm-hmm. and I have always requested not to get that shot because I know how Did important sh- it is those shaking, shaking out trauma oh yeah. my god yeah when I had my kite surfing accident I was shaking for hours uncontrollably in the the waiting room and and you know, they'd give given me morphine but it's amazing to see how much your body keeps the score when it comes to traumatic instances yeah and and even for myself i'm i'm thinking like so i did a few big sessions breathing sessions which you know that's my thing so that's what i believe to help like clear whatever on an energetic and emotional physical everything level but it was still challenging for me to think, because even recently, this was a couple of years ago, and I think there's probably still some layers of fear. I know there, because I was driving up here last night in the dark, and that when the headlights come, I still feel a little like residual stuff. And so I, I find it sad, and I want to work on it being okay that there's still some trauma. And like, because I think like, oh, I worked on it. I did my sessions. I should be okay now. And just having more grace. I feel like we could all have a little more grace for ourselves. Like, shit takes as long as it takes. And if there's still some trauma or still some fear, like, that's okay. Do you need more work? Go get some, you know? So I'm still working on that. Right, right. Um, 
I'm thinking about animals shaking off yeah. trauma. If you look yeah. at a dog or even like I have a cat and sometimes it'll jump off uh, <laughs> pretty high railings and then sometimes she'll slam. Sometimes she'll kind of she'll kind of roll out of it and pretend mm-hmm. that she landed on her feet, but some I, I I can tell there's a moment where I'm like, "No, Lucy, you just went you just <laughs> slammed and I that saw hurt. it." But she'll shake it off yeah. immediately and they they know um what it takes. So um yeah, it's just it's so fascinating. It's, it's so often overlooked these kinds of um almost cliche aspects of life like just breathe or love is the answer or you know <laughs> yeah. th- things yeah. that can come off as so banal but uh really if you choose to 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 bore more deeply into them are the real answers um and so often it, it is simple like that it's not something complex and and i think even the the simplicity of breathing techniques can can often make it be, uh, people can often overlook yes. that and move straight to something like psychedelics, which yeah. has way more fireworks attached to mm-hmm. it, um, you know, and allows you to talk about your dead grandmother that you saw who was in the tree, but then it was an owl. And you can you, also you, do that on breathwork. You can. See dead grandmothers in trees. Yes, for sure. People do like same, same psychedelic type visuals, more visions, experiences. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sure. No, no, but, I, I was, I was going. But, to <laughs> but it's, but it's true. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, that, um, I, I made my point. <laughs> Dead grandmothers. Um, how do you recommend someone get started with this kind of, st- this, uh, this kind of work? Uh, number one, paying attention, just, just seeing if you can notice your breath at all, um, there are a couple of different things I like. I did a, a 30 day, five minutes a day breathwork challenge and put it up on YouTube with a bunch of different practices that people can try that are all super approachable. So find something like that um, or find that. It's really, I think it's amazing. And then you can see what practices really work with you, what are really challenging, what are, you know, what, what kind of light you up a little bit. Um, and even this one I really love too, is to just today, right, like right now, or when you're done listening to this, take six super big, deep breaths, like with your whole body, your whole, like make them exaggerated and just see, see how you feel, see what you notice. And like that part's important because otherwise you won't do it again. You're like, okay, I did my six deep breaths, whatever. But to anchor before and after you do any kind of breathing practices, even if it's just one deep breath, like how do I feel now? How do I feel after? Oh, okay. Something shifted. Great. So that's a a great place to start is that. Do you uh, do breath work every morning? Yeah, something, some kind. I'm kind of a floater in terms of attention. And so I, I like to have... I usually for maybe like I was gonna say twenty eight days as a random number, but I usually have a practice that really feels good to me that I'll do for maybe like a month at a time. Right now I'm doing like big, huge, deep breaths, like sort of Wim Hof style actually, and then some slow, controlled breathing up and down my spine, and then maybe I'll do some five minutes of connected, transformational breath, like whatever. Whatever feels good, right. but at least like, I think at least 10 minutes of something. What is the difference between something like the Wim Hof method and transformational breath? Um, from, as we spoke about last time too, the, I think the, 
purpose is different, always there's benefit. I think anytime you're doing more breathing than you normally do, there's benefit in some way. Physically speaking, the Wim Hof method is is great for increasing lung capacity and just kind of adjusting your whole, like optimizing your whole immune system, your body, all of that. Um, and balancing hormones and cortisol. So definitely relaxing also. Transformational breath. In this way, to just breathe in connected way, that's going to raise your vibration. That's going to do some great things for you. But specifically, this technique is has a breathing pattern analysis and and helps you to open up the whole of your respiratory system and to release particular muscles that are maybe holding some things in. So with transformational breath, the purpose is to really help release some of the stored emotions so that you can be living in a more present right here, right now. I'm not living from my old trauma state. Um, and it's really helpful to do some sessions with, with a facilitator who can help support you and move you past, like through some of that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you said earlier, you don't want to get stuck in that. You yes. want to have a facilitator be able to move you through it. Just like you don't want to take five grams of psilocybin mushrooms and just hope for the best. It's, right. If you're going to go down that road, you should do it with some respect and and have someone there who can help you move through those difficult yeah. experiences. So you're not fixating on them. Yes. And then not being like, well, I tried that breath work and it was fucking awful. And so I am never going to do it again because I've seen it be a a life changing thing and know that it does. And so to be able to move through that is same with any sort of psychedelic. Yeah. Same. If you have, you don't want to create another traumatic experience. Right. Just because you're not guided properly. What are your thoughts on Kundalini? I don't know a lot about I haven't studied it. I, neither have I. So, yeah. So that that's fine. I was, uh, <laughs> I, but people report having these same kinds of experiences with Kundalini yoga and, and this kind of deep breathing. But mm-hmm. never mind if you. If. Yeah, I don't. I don't know too much about how it works, so it would be unfair for me to say. But just the idea of of energy being released that has been kind of held stuck and stagnant for survival reasons that's what i feel like probably it does yeah through different different ways of movement and using your breath to help unleash the power within how much do you think those survival mechanisms are necessary you were talking about the moment in the ambulance when you tried to take a really <laughs> deep breath and it and it felt too overwhelming yeah um and and you you talk about how we have these built-in mechanisms um, mm-hmm. that were meant to serve us at one point. Um, but how, you know, like the way I think about it is, um, it's growing up here in Santa Cruz, uh, we have really cold water and cold wind and, um, something that surfers will get is called surfer's ear, um, where the bone will grow on your, on the inside of your ear, um, to protect your brain from the wind. Mm. But many times the bone can grow so big that it makes you deaf and even just a small grain of sand or something will completely clog your ear. And we have this wow. uh, doctor here in Santa Cruz who will chip out your <laughs> your ear. I've had to have it, uh, the bone in your ear. And, and um, I think about trauma in that way, like it's or your body's response to trauma in that way where it's it's constricting, it's tightening down, it's trying to protect you. But as a result, hmm. um, you get... Uh, 
you know, deaf or you, you become numb to what you really need to be feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. What a brilliant analogy. Yeah. And wh- how beneficial do I think they're, they're crucial, right? They're because survival. If we don't have them, you know, I don't, I don't know that we would survive, but it's when they do, they get like in that, in that moment, I needed to be breathing that way because it was too much. But like if I'm sitting here on this beautiful porch, like in nature, and I'm still breathing that way, I don't, I'm not in danger. My body is good. Everything's healthy. But if, if the habit has has continued, you know, for whatever reason, for anxiety or like the, these pressures that we have put on ourselves or we've got from our parents or that we, that we don't know about or pay attention to or give light to so we can actually go wait do i do it do i really need to be in survival mode then i don't i don't know i don't know how to finish that sentence but like if we're if we're not if we're not giving it light then we just stay there and that's not necessary do you find that women and men have different responses to breathwork sessions typically Hmm. um let's see if if I can generalize that, I mean, everybody has a different response. Every person, based on where they are, their life, where they've come from, if they're ready, if they're just what their story is, everybody's got a different story. So everybody's session is is different. Um, you know, men, a lot of times, at least well, I don't know, I don't know if it's men across the globe, but let's say in this this society in in America, a lot of them don't feel safe to really expose their hearts and to express how they feel and to just kind of be in the flow and trust that everything's all going to work out and whatever. So the way that that manifests in terms of breathing is a lot of men, either if they're going to breathe really fully in their chest, they do it in like a like almost like puffing out their chest, like you know, like I've got to, I've got to make this life awesome. I've got to do all the things I've got to do. Or they just, they breathe really strongly in their lower, like in their belly and their chest doesn't move much. And so there's just not like, it's kind of guarded and protected. Like it's not, it's not safe for me to show my vulnerability because I'm going to get laughed at or dad once told me I needed to be the strong man of the house or whatever. And so that, that shows up as like tight muscles around the intercostals around the chest. So that's one like that's typically with men we work to open that up a bit so that it's like no you can you can connect to your heart and you're still like a man and still safe and loved and glorious and worthy um but emotion still moves um sometimes there's more control i think they're very practiced i would that. imagine yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. yeah what i would uh imagine because we grew up in a society where men are so are taught to not feel not to feel safe um in vulnerability yeah i was thinking before i came over here all of the moments in my life where i typically uh, am forced to think about my breath mm. And one of them is when I'm surfing bigger waves, when I'm in ocean conditions that are really frightening. Yeah. Uh, my mind will automatically go back to my breath. And specifically in a moment where I am going to get caught inside on a really big wave where I'm paddling out as fast as I can and I know I'm not going to make it. Um, those are the moments that I feel as connected with and focused on my breath mm-hmm. as any in in 
my life. And I think that that's one of the main reasons that I really like heavy ocean conditions is because it connects me to that moment. Yeah. Um, a lot of athletes talk about how much they love their sport, whatever it is they do, because it brings them into that present yeah. moment. Um, and it takes that external uh, threat or, or, or that mm. um, intense situation to come back into this moment. Um, ironically, you know, meditation is so hard for, for so many people because of distraction. Like if you're to tell any random person walking down the street, okay, just sit down and I want you to focus on your breath for 10 breaths yeah. straight. And I'll give you a million dollars if you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Million dollars if you yeah. if you can't get possessed by a thought between now and ten breaths. Yeah. And most of them can't do it. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you put someone in an intense situation and they and they know to come back to their breath, they can very easily focus on the breath for ten ten whole breaths. Mm -hmm. But uh you know, it's it, it's mm. I think that that is the power of something like meditation because you're removing all external yeah. stimuli and you're working to strengthen that muscle of focusing your attention um, without the need of adrenaline, without the need of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that is the main place that I do it. It's, it's, it's uh, big waves you know, diving as well. That's mm -hmm. another one, obviously, because you're breathing out. But that's that's a much different kind of breath because it's slow, controlled breath. And you're, you're when you're spearfishing, you're doing everything you can to slow down your your breathing pattern. Um, I suppose you are in big wave surfing too, though. That's that's another thing is, is slow exhales. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think there's really something to to coming back to it and focusing on the breath because it does bring you back into the moment and allows you to experience it more fully. Mm -hmm. The uh, a friend of mine always says thinking about the breath you you can't breathe in the past and you can't breathe in the future. You can only breathe right now. So that's the thing too with with connecting your breath or just focusing on it all the time and even being super present the adrenaline and the desire and the magic of surfing and all that stuff like that brings you into the present moment and connection with your breath at the same time but i love that that it's like okay wait no right right here right now just breathing and your attention on your breath that brings all your energy into one one beautiful space you know right yeah f paying attention to your breath also is the tool that allows you to not identify with the next emotion mm. that comes up mm -hmm. um i think it'd be really interesting to do a study and tell people to think about Ooh, that's good yeah. you know a, a frightening thought or a an erotic thought mm -hmm. or a happy thought and to see how their breathing patterns would change as a result of it mm -hmm. and um you know with with something like meditation just focusing on your breath and being able to watch those emotions float by and yeah. not become possessed by them yeah. uh until is i would bet you know is one of the few uh, tactics that would allow you to ha to have your breathing pattern not change as various emotions would mm, come mm -hmm. by. If, yep. If that makes That's sense. such a neat distinction, too, because I was thinking, uh, picturing myself in my own breathing session, and as the emotion rolls through, then 
to come back to my breath. That that right there, that distinction says I am not my emotion. Right. And so many of us don't want to feel our emotions because it's like we think we are them. We think that that means I am sadness or that I'm going to be that forever or whatever. But if you in the moment of feeling an emotion can also think about your breath, then that means you are not the emotion. Yes. I love that. Yeah. There's something prior to it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuclear powered stuff. (laughs) That's for sure. I, I, I am more focused on and interested in breathing and meditation than I would say pretty much any other subject in the world right now, because, um, Sam Harris has this great quote where he says that the human mind is the most complex and subtle expression of life that we know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one, I think it's a Stan Groff quote, which is, if you want to understand the mind, sit down and observe it. Mm-hmm. And breath is such a crucial component to observing your own mind. Yeah. And that word, I, I forget what you were talking about earlier, but the, that that word, subtlety, and the and the nuances of the breath and why it does what it does and how it affects every single level of our being physical mental emotional spiritual like the the subtleties of the mind and the subtleties of the breath like yeah i don't i don't even want to attempt to explain it because that word feels so just true you know it's just subtle so it gets deeper yeah. Yeah. One yeah. thing one thing that helps me if I'm um underwater on a, a wipeout or something is a a mantra of just taking a break from breathing for a moment. Mm. Because it's I mean it 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 very quickly can turn to panic if you think, Oh my god, I am drowning. I yeah. can't breathe right now. I need to breathe mm-hmm. and, and, and if you identify with that first diaphragm contraction, um you're it's bad news bears very quickly Mm -hmm. but if you can notice and 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 stay in that space prior to panic and and have the thought i'm just going to take a break from breathing for a moment it's amazing the calm that can come from that mental orientation wow and and you've implemented choice there too like no i'm choosing yes i'm choosing and i am maintaining control i'm gonna take a break Yes. Great. Yeah. And well, and maintaining choice is what this is all about, right? Our default setting is to identify with the next emotion that comes into our mind and we take the shape of that. But if we put the effort into this life, and I think the reason that I'm so interested in breathing and meditation is because it is the skill of, 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 you're strengthening the skill of choosing not to identify with the next emotion mm-hmm. and you are um, you are choosing to live a life where you can I, I'm using the word choice too many times but like where you can know that you do have a choice in any situation mm-hmm. how you want to um, my words are failing me at that's the incredibly empowering right yeah it's a very empowering uh, insight to have mm-hmm. yes that you that you can choose how you want to show up and many times, that starts with the breath. Yeah. And for me, adding to that, the side of surrender, mm. because when I'm doing these bigger sessions, maybe, or whatever it is, when I'm working with my breath and I say, like, okay, I surrender to the intelligence that is greater than my mind and I'm going to choose to keep breathing. But just the, the piece of like, I'm surrendering to the mystery a little bit too, that creates more possibility 
So I'm choosing and there's opportunity, there's openness, there's there's more like good stuff, mm. you know, which I think a lot of us want. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so at this point, you are traveling around, mm-hmm. you're doing these sessions. Are you mostly doing one on one sessions or are you doing group sessions? Both. Both. Yeah. Privates when people, you know, and it works out and then workshops where I go, usually some sort of introductory workshops, some longer events. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And do you feel like this this kind of thing, are you seeing a, a huge growth in over the past six years of getting into it? Yeah, I feel super stoked about that. When I first started, I remember thinking, wait a minute, why, why is everyone not doing this? Right. Because really, you can do... 20 years of therapy in like a week, you know, which is crazy and just amazing. So I remember thinking that and feeling like there wasn't a lot of momentum. And now, do you feel like that? I feel like there's a lot of momentum moving forward with breath work and meditation and and all of that. Yes, I, I certainly do. It might be as a result of the silly little world that I'm in yeah, yeah. with people who Me are too. doing good work. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's it's almost like there's two worlds there's the world of airports <laughs> yeah. which is the world of of unhealthy sick people and you look around no offense at the if rest- you're traveling no today. Offense <laughs> of- but i mean you're just looking at it. it's, it's it's like people who there's no healthy food and yeah and there's fluorescent lights and it's so clearly a space that we are not meant to thrive in right right yeah. and and that's look we all need to get in those those areas from yeah, time yeah, to yeah. time but um there's I, I think a huge amount of people that don't have the awareness that we live in a sick society that has not been set up for us to lead healthy lives yeah. um, and that our medical system is set up to to treat end-stage problems. Um, right. And some of those problems they treat very well, like a broken arm, for example. Um, yep. Please, you know, don't don't sit me down with a candle and a healer when I have a f- fractured wrist. I, I want to see a surgeon for that. But I think that... F- for for psychological issues, yeah. we don't treat those issue those problems well at all. What we we the doctors will tell us to numb them. You know, if, yeah. if we feel anxious, we'll get a pill for it rather than um, try to tr- rather actually than actually heal it. Healing it, yeah, which so often comes down to um, healing it with event based. Um, uh, I, remembering remembering a trauma that happened in the past and having a facilitator help you help move you through that yep. through therapy through breath work through psychedelics um and i have seen it enough now yeah. that i can attest that those are um tools that really work and th- the fact that that most uh psychiatrists and psychologists are not taught about this and don't rec- recommend. I mean, even something as simple as nutrition to their patients, yeah. like that the food that you eat would have any impact on your mood is um, the fact that that's not taught is just crazy to me. So that's a long winded way of saying that I feel like there are two worlds occurring. Yeah. Um, and I'm really happy that it, this information is getting out there um, because the systems, I think the systems change 
after a lot of individuals change when yeah. when, when when it becomes of so course. clear that you know the system is operating on you know on a flip phone technology and over here you have an iphone 10 right that is just so much more effective in in dealing with trauma sooner or later more and more people come over but i think that well, especially because like if, if you've noticed when you use your iphone 10 it's very hard to go back to the flip phone right and so i feel that way with psychedelics with breath work once you've experienced it and you're like oh sh-, that's how it was for me i wasn't planning to go like be a teacher of breath work i mean come on you know <laughs> it's kind of cheesy and and yet i was so different and it's like undeniable so then i think once you experience that like oh i've been medicating for this long and now i do this particular thing and i feel the shift it, your your bones your soul your cells can't they can't they can't unknow right and yeah. so hopefully that's that's the way i would see it going it's like too. living in a house with a hot tub you never want to live in a house without a hot tub after you live <laughs> in a house again. with a hot tub yeah yeah i'm really afraid of the day that i'm gonna get a hot tub <laughs> I, like, I don't have a hot tub no i don't i don't or like even, <laughs> even a dishwasher i'm afraid yeah. of the day I, I get a dishwasher <laughs> <laughs> i can speak for i i own a traeger now it's a it's an amazing wood-fired smoking grill and oh wow um i, I could never live without it yeah it's just so perfect the 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 tender smoke flavored meat that I eat now is just like, can't go back to the flip phone. Can't I feel go like back you're to about to cry there. Oven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be some serious trauma if my trigger ever gets taken away from me. Um, On that note, let me, yeah. may I go for it? That you mentioned trauma that causes a lot of this pain that we want to numb later. And trauma can be not like necessarily an abusive family or an accident, even or sexual abuse which all of those for sure but it can also be like your babysitter moved who was your best friend when you were five and you didn't know how to grieve that or whatever any like trauma as a child we're, we're living in this world of emotion and so it doesn't have to be it could just be like you were left alone to cry for longer than you would have wanted as a child and then circumstances led it that that like that pain stayed stayed with you so trauma can be any anything that a lot of us think of it it has to be like a big thing you know yeah Yeah. to a child those things are big things so it is trauma yeah wow Uh, it's really interesting to think about we so often minimize those events but yeah yeah the mind doesn't know how to especially as an adult Right. And so uh, Gabor Mate, that's one of the things I love about his work is that he helps people when I've seen him do counseling, he did one with me, like to bring you back to the point of view of a child, which is like, how would that feel as a child? And to have compassion for yourself at that state, not as an adult, like, what's a big deal? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, sweet. Yeah. 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 Just to wrap up the point that I, I was making earlier about the two worlds, I feel yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like the with the advent of of these simple techniques um the world is shifting very quickly yeah and i do hope that by the time i'm old and gray we we live in a world where we the 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 traditional medical system values these kinds of techniques more yeah yeah i feel hopeful it's great yeah um, how would you, so people getting involved, what would you recommend? B- b- websites to go to, 
techniques yep. to try out. Yep, they can come to mind. It's just NicoleRager.com, R-A-G-E-R is my last name. And to find me, if you want to come meet up, the easiest way is to go to the calendar page. I'm moving all over and doing... We have a three-day event in Chicago, and then I'm going to Maui and Bali and have a retreat there. So there's a way to like do some really deep work if you want to work with me specifically. Uh, and then the Transformational Breath website, I think it's just transformationalbreath.com. There are tons, there are facilitators all over the world that you can find to work with. Um, and then just find somebody who's teaching any kind of breath work. And guided practices are so good. Uh, my YouTube series I mentioned too so that's just up there you know just to try something little and see how it goes that's where I would start for sure keep breathing keep breathing right thank you so much thank you you're amazing that's our show I'm gonna play out the song called Mind's Eye by Kevin Craft and the Crafters and I will link to their band page in the show notes if you're a musician like the lovely gentleman who sent me the voice memo at the beginning of this podcast email it to info at kyle.surf I would love to play it at the end of this show thanks again to everyone who supports this podcast on Patreon you can go to my website kyle.surf or click the link below to throw a few shillings my way thanks also to everyone who gives this podcast a rating on itunes takes about one minute and it helps boost the visibility for others to see it um other than that like i said i'm gonna be in la all week into next week uh would love to meet up at a bar or something like that um so if any of you know of a good one um shoot me a, a comment on instagram or something like that and we can make it happen and with that, I hope you enjoy this song called Mind's Eye by Kevin Kraft. See you guys soon. Bye.
much wisdom in the heart. Just like the mind, you the heart has stopped. Neurotransmitters just like the brain. Answers what the mind cannot explain. There's wisdom there. Tap into the root so we can connect to a deeper truth. It's where the spirit says, tap in to get ahead, Yo, we that speak that. If you want to reach that level that you want to be at. If you really want to see that in your life manifested, put it in your heart, let it bless it. Shine in the essence from the intelligent drum. Beating to the rhythm of the most high come. See the way the universe dances to the illest verse. Your body dances with when you put your heart first. I don't care what you want to do. Because your mama told a story about the truth. She says she made. 